Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis.org, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the COVID-19 crisis and beyond. Hi, I'm Shibri We're all familiar with some of the challenges facing nursing, with the growing shortage of nurses and significant increase in burnout topping the list. But there are other issues as well, including the increasing acuity of patients, the need for better communication skills as medical teams become more complex, and the need to master constantly changing technology. That's why I'm delighted to welcome Brent Gordon, who is president of nursing and health education at Elsevier today to help us understand how nursing education is evolving to meet these challenges. Brent has a long career as a business leader in publishing, education, and healthcare, during which he has launched and expanded numerous product lines and led organizational transformations. He leads 600 employees in accelerating the digital transition of Elsevier's content and enabling improved learning outcomes and practice readiness for future health professionals. And I've had the opportunity to get to know Brent ever since Osmosis joined Elsevier, and I'm really impressed with not only him, but the team he surrounded himself with uh, across content, product, sales and leadership, uh, and the impact that they're having to training the next generation of nursing professionals. So Brent, thanks for taking the time to be with us today. My pleasure. Great to be here. So obviously, I know a lot about you and your career, but for our audience, many of whom are obviously nursing students and faculty, you know, can you tell us in your own words, what got you interested in a career in education, healthcare, et cetera? Well, I've, I've been in the education business for several years, and I think pretty much immediately, one of the things that inspired me was this great opportunity to play a role in helping students, faculty, uh, reach their full potential. You know, that's something that was very inspiring to me. And as I grew my career, I, I realized that I could also have that same impact on organizations and, and broader opportunities. And the healthcare piece of this is such a great, great opportunity. And, and it's one that's really personal to me. So I'm uh, really honored to be in this position to serve our customers and improve health outcomes. That definitely is aligned with many of the people I've met at Elsevier. And one reason Osmosis joined Elsevier was this authentic and genuine drive towards a bigger mission than ourselves. And especially now, pre-pandemic, I know uh, we were all working towards this, but post-pandemic or during pandemic, the problems become even more acute and, and worse. Um, I think the Clinicians of the Future report, uh, which Elsevier released most recently, so that one in four health professionals are planning to leave the profession uh, in the next two years, which is very scary. And, and nursing is born the brunt of that. So can you tell us about kind of your own uh, career transition to Elsevier? And then what are some of the major offerings that the NHE team provides to nursing schools <clears throat> and, and faculty and students? Sure. So I, being in the business for a long time, I, I've always had great admiration for Elsevier. But interestingly, I didn't have any relationships within the organization from a people perspective. Uh, I was recruited in based on my experiences, largely in educational technology and helping companies like Elsevier harness technology for the benefit of education and all that it can be from a learning enabler standpoint. When I got the call, uh, I was immediately interested for a variety of reasons. I mean, one, I've always had great respect for the company. The brand that the company has is very well respected. The company has scale, which I knew was critically important um, to have the kind of impact that, that I wanted to have. When I met the people 
that I was interviewing with at the time, I was I was really impressed, and that was inspiring. The healthcare part of this was one that I really started thinking about several years ago. My mom suffered uh, from multiple systems atrophy for several years, and that's a disease that has great impact on the nervous system. And I, I had to sort of watch my mom and my dad go through this long multi-year process of trying to find answers. And she, she finally got one, uh, which was of great relief to our family. But watching her go through that process over the years just made me think a lot about healthcare and patient outcomes. And, and if I could play any role, a small role, and I, I consider what the role that I play to be a small one in the grand scheme of things, that I would really jump at the opportunity to apply uh, my experiences in helping make a difference in healthcare. And so when I, when I got this phone call, knowing what I knew about Elsevier and then the connection with healthcare and having this great opportunity to play a role in improving healthcare outcomes was so exciting to me. So that's how I ended up at Elsevier and I'm really grateful for the opportunity. That seems to be a theme and thank you for sharing that. Um, I know we know we both work with Jan Herzog on the health market side and he's been uh, pretty public about his own family's experience, his wife's experience with cardiovascular disease and the process of being a patient. And we always say this at osmosis, I think Elsevier feels the same way that you know everyone has a body, everyone cares for someone, everyone loves someone. And if you have a body and your friends and family have bodies, you care about your own health and healthcare. And so the, the work we do is not only to train more nurses and doctors and, and make the ones who are existing in practice more qualified to provide health, but also to uh, directly impact patients themselves, which is something a lot of our products uh, do. And, and one reason we were excited about joining Elsevier as well. So getting very specific, I know you recently launched Elsevier 360 for nursing, which was a big announcement. And I would love for you to give our audience that may not be as familiar with the diverse and comprehensive array of Elsevier nursing products, uh, an overview of that and the impact it's having already. Sure. Well, let me first just kind of frame what we offer higher education institutions. I mean, we serve faculty and students and we provide content tools and predictive analytics that help uh, students improve learning outcomes and also prepare them for practice. And it's a very important role. Uh, there's a lot of challenges, as you well know, in becoming a nurse and being practice ready. Elsevier 360 for Nursing is the result of a multi-year effort to connect our offerings. Uh, we, we had the understanding that our customers use multiple products that we offer but over time, these products were developed really as single point solutions and they weren't really stitched together. Um, so we recognized that we can improve the customer experience both for faculty and students by making the connections where they mattered. And that's really what Elsevier 360 for nursing is all about. Our offerings cover the entire learning journey for nursing students. And we do that by helping build knowledge, foundational knowledge, and that's at the course level, uh, by helping them develop and apply clinical 
judgment skills and delivering clinical experiences through digital simulations, and then also assessing their readiness for the North America licensure exam, the NCLEX. So we have connected these offerings across the learning workflow. And you know, one example of the benefits is now we can deliver predictive analytics across the program uh, to help both faculty and students assess their readiness to pass the NCLEX exam. I remember my own experience as a health professional student, you're always taking tests and trying to figure out, okay, if I do well in this practice exam, how well will I do on the actual exam that, that, that matters for whether I can, you know, pay off my student debt because I spent all these last few years becoming a doctor or nurse. I have to be able to practice to be able to at least pay that off. If not actually earn a living moving forward. So that, that is very compelling. You've also been writing a lot lately in the last few months. I've enjoyed your articles about the broader trends in nursing and nursing care and nursing education. Um, I mentioned in the intro, some of the challenges we're facing, like the lack of nursing instructors, moral injury and burnout leading to a lot of practicing nurses leaving the workforce, the rise of remote or online learning, which obviously we're all part of. Let me actually focus on this one, the changing nature of clinical teams where there's all these mid-level providers and so-called physician extenders. What are some ways that we can better prepare nurses and others to be effective team members in this complex care delivery landscape? Yeah, that's, I mean, great, great question. It's a big question. And one of the things I like to think about is just sort of stepping back and, and asking, why is the NCLEX exam changing next year? 12 months from now, next generation NCLEX is being launched. And, and the exam is changing because Students are passing the exam, entering practice, and they're, they're not practice ready. Uh, the job, as you know, has become far more complex. Students and first-year nurses are being asked to make very complex decisions right away. Uh, and then if you think about the workforce shortage that we have, that's adding a whole nother dimension uh, to the challenges associated with being a first-year nurse. So the exam is changing because nurses are not practice ready. And in many cases, this is employer driven and students need to have stronger clinical judgment skills when they graduate. So the exam is adding a new module to assess clinical uh, judgment skills, which is a, a really hard thing to assess. So this exam has been years in the making uh, we recognized a few years ago that, you know, we were not in a position to deliver these question types uh, within our existing platforms. And we uh, made the decision to go out and acquire an assessment platform, Office is the company, which is a competency-based assessment platform to develop workforce readiness and to assess uh, workforce skills. So it's a very different type of assessment. And by doing so, we've integrated that platform into our courseware offering, which is SurePath, and our, and, and our assessment solution, HESI. Uh, and we can provide these new question types across the program and at scale. And I, I just want to make this point because we're testing these question types broadly right now. Thousands of students have taken the assessments in our platforms. And 
Uh, many students are, you know, they see these new question types and they've never experienced them before. They're not question types that you would see on the SAT, the ACT, or typical course-based exams. And so there's a great effort that needs to be made in preparing students to take this exam. Um, the other part of this related to clinical judgment skills was one of the reasons we acquired Shadow Health, which is a best-in-class healthcare simulation business. And the simulations are proven to develop clinical reasoning skills, clinical judgment skills. So we're doing two things that we think are really important. One, of course, we do need to prepare students to be successful uh, on the next generation NCLEX. But at the end of the day, solving these kind of problems is much larger than passing a standardized summative test. We have to help institutions and help students develop and apply their clinical reasoning skills throughout the program. And in my view, that's where simulations can, can really help. We also recognize that there are significant capacity constraints within the U.S. higher education system in particular, and we need to do whatever we can to help institutions remove some of those obstacles so that they can enroll more nursing students so that we can help address the nursing shortage. And simulations are just one example uh, that can help institutions augment the hour requirements around physical clinical rotations because there are space shortages with clinical space and, and they can use these simulations to help augment those experiences. So those are just a couple of examples that I would highlight. One of the things that, that immediately struck us once we started getting to know you and the NHE, the nursing health education team a bit more, was comprehensive the different product portfolio is and how they've been integrated by a lot of people, including your leaders uh, like Mikhail and Paul, who came in through Authus. And on competency-based education, I know we're really excited about that. That was a core thesis of Osmosis about trying to create an online med school or online nursing education programs too where you know, some people may accelerate through the curriculum much faster, which lets us train more doctors faster, hopefully at a lower cost with less student debt. Um, and then others, maybe they're working somewhere and they're doing part-time programs. And if there, there's ways to make the program faster or slower based on their competencies, as opposed to just time, one size fits all, like the current system is, that's, that's a really compelling um, shift that we need to, as we say, raise line and get more people trained up to be healthcare professionals. I know we're coming up on time, so you know, are there other nursing challenges you've written about that you think uh, Elsevier and, and NHE are well positioned to help address that you want to get into uh, on the podcast right now? Well, you think about the issue around practice readiness. I mean, one of the things that we're doing in addition to the work in higher education, if you take the shadow health simulations as an example, is that we're extending uh, the offering to the hospital space because we recognize we're, we're never going to reach or touch 100% of the nursing students that are going through programs in North America, much less the world. And one of the things that we know is that hospitals are facing challenges around the lack of practice readiness as well. Uh, their onboarding and training costs are going up. And all of this is a contributor to the attrition challenges that the hospital system is facing with nursing. Uh, one of the great things about what we're doing at Elsevier is we can reach first-year nurses through our clinical solutions, our professional business, 
and we can extend these simulations to the hospital market so that we can tackle this problem, both from a higher education perspective and also from a professional perspective across the learning journey. Definitely. And we, we've had several you know, CEOs and chief medical and chief nursing officers of hospitals come on to the podcast and many of them echo the same thing, which is not only retention, but then getting entry level or early stage healthcare professionals trained up fast enough to be uh, contributors to the system. And all this is overlaid across all industries, what we're seeing with the great resignation and people changing jobs and being job ready on day one coming out of colleges or, or, or degree programs. So I'm glad we're addressing that together as, as Elsevier. Um, there's been a lot of changes to the healthcare system because of COVID. We're still in COVID, though things are looking up uh, as of the recording of this episode. What are some of the kind of macro trends or changes to the healthcare system that you think are going to be lasting because of COVID or any other commentary you want to make on, on how the pandemic has changed the healthcare system or education system? Well, I think one of the things that has really surfaced, I mean, it's not new, but it's definitely in the spotlight because of the pandemic, you really see the impact of the nursing shortage and what that is doing to the hours that nurses are having to work, uh, to the stress of the job. Mental wellness is a topic that hospitals have to really take into consideration for their workforce, right? But really, from my perspective, the most important thing that we can do is to invest in nursing education. I mean, we have to solve this problem around the shortage of nurses. And I would argue that it's a crisis and we need governments, uh, higher education institutions to really be innovative and think critically around how they can increase their enrollment, because that's the only way that we're going to produce more nurses in the future. I, I would say that that is, you know, one of the most pressing problems that we have in society today. No, absolutely. Couldn't agree more with that domestically and globally. So my final question for you is, you know, we have many students and early career health professionals who obviously listen to this podcast. Um, what's your advice to them? about meeting the challenges of this moment and approaching their career in healthcare? Develop your clinical reasoning skills, as we've talked about. Uh, of course, as a student, you're always focused on what's on the test. And you have to be, right? Because grades matter and you do have to prepare students in North America for this licensure exam. But I would, I would also put as much effort, if not more, into those opportunities around developing and applying uh, clinical judgment skills, whether that's through your clinical rotations, internships, utilization of simulations. Oftentimes I'll, I'll use a sports analogy, which works for some people, doesn't work for everyone. But if you think about the game of golf, you know, you could take lessons, you can understand how to hold the grip uh, you could understand sort of the techniques of a backswing, but if you never practice, you'll never be great at golf. And I believe in deliberate practice. I believe that to be great at anything that requires high technical skill sets, uh, you have to have the foundational knowledge, but you have to practice. You have to practice over and over again. And it's a continuous learning process because if you don't keep practicing, you will get rusty. 
and you will fall behind. So from that standpoint, you have to be a lifelong learner and you have to really apply yourself throughout the career journey. Absolutely. I like the analogy a lot. And it's also in healthcare, the rules are changing, right? The course changes, the rules, the way the golf ball flies changes as new treatments and discoveries uh, and guidelines come out. So the work that you know you and your team are doing is even more essential to get them practice ready and then keep them practice competent. So um, I know we're out of time, Brent, so I really appreciate you taking the time to join us and raise line and share what Elsevier's nursing and health education division does. And more importantly, the work that you guys are actually doing to raise line and improve nursing education worldwide. Thank you. Great to be here and appreciate the opportunity and look forward to more conversations. And with that, I'm Shiv Ivani. Thank you to our audience for checking out today's show. And remember to do your part to flatten the curve and raise line. We're all in this together. Take care. For more information on how you can help raise the line and flatten the curve, go to osmosis.org slash COVID-19. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our podcasts at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast.